Hello. Thank you for listening to and watching You Had Options. Uh, this episode, I have um, Jordan Troyer. I believe I'm pronouncing the last name right. Jordan Troyer from um, the band Teenagers, the band Virginity. Uh, he, he helps out with the Smart Punk Records. Um, great conversation. It was really fun talking to him. Um, yeah, Make sure you check out Virginity on Instagram. It's at virginity is rad. Uh, teenagers is teen underscore agers. Uh, smart punk records is just at smart punk records. <clears throat> yeah. Make sure to check them out. Uh, go follow the Twitch, twitch.tv slash you had options. Um, been having a lot of fun on there. Make sure you go find us on Instagram at you had options. Find us on Twitter at you had options yeah go like subscribe rate all that good stuff it helps i'm so grateful for all the um support i've gotten so far on this podcast and the the great people i've been able to talk to one of them being jordan i hope you enjoy thank you You know how to edit these. Yeah, I, don't, man. I don't know what's going on. I'll figure it out. Uh, Jordan, thank you for joining me. Oh, thanks for having on me. this podcast, yeah. Um, our, our, I noticed uh, reviewing your old ones. If they're airing in the order that I see, uh, mm-hmm. this would be episode 27. 27, yeah. And, and I think you and I have matching 27 yeah. tattoos. So, oh, my gosh. So uh, uh, how fitting. S- serendipity. It was meant to be. Yeah. Uh, do you know a lot of people with 27 tattoos? I know a few. I know Holly from Talk Me Off has one. Um, right. That's the only person off the top of my head I know. Uh, I saw yours. So. Yeah. yeah. We, <laughs> oh, um, Billy Joe Armstrong has one. Okay. But. Are you guys close? Yeah, BFFs. <laughs> I do consider this my Green Day tattoo. I know that's probably the, the wrong your reason green, to have it. But. Your Green Day tattoo? Yeah. Yeah. Even though it's a Riverdale tattoo. It's, it's my... East Bay punk rock Ooh, homage. Okay, too. That's fair. You know, uh, yeah. Wasn't um, what's his Mike Dirt? Wasn't he in the Riverdale's for a minute? He played on one Screeching Weasel record or Screeching Weasel, yeah. But it was in that same era that they did the first Riverdale's record. Yeah, man. Um, How to make friends and irritate people. Mm, yes. Yeah. Yeah. We um, we were playing, and I forgot some. I forgot the name of the town is right, right outside of Pittsburgh. And we stopped at a Wawa and some random woman just walked up with a 27 tattoo. And I was like, that's bizarre. You (laughs) you don't just run into people, you know, let alone just uh, in the wild at the Wawa. It's weird. Even before, like I was into punk rock, that was like the number I, well, I I remember being really young, like, like a little kid. And I couldn't decide if my favorite number was going to be two or seven. And I was like, it's going to be 27. This is when I was like seven or eight, like before I got into Green Day or anything. So right. when, when, uh, when I, like I saw that, that Riverdale's record, um, it always stuck with me. It's yeah. like kind of a weird, cool thing. Yeah. Uh, in preparation for this podcast, I was listening through uh, a bunch of teenagers and a bunch of uh, virginity. Uh, finding finding y'all on Spotify was tough because I didn't realize it was two, <laughs> two words. And so I was just finding like... <laughs> a million like a couple of pop bands and then uh i was like is there something wrong with me yeah that band we were already all in our like 30s i think when we started it so the idea was um we were um immature idiots and so we were aging teens even Mm. in our 30s so that's the teen agers which the name is like kind of cool but in retrospect it's made things maybe a little more difficult than it needed to be oh man yeah yeah 
but I, I eventually I was like, oh, two words, and then I found it. Oh. But yeah, I <laughs> nice. noticed I noticed you guys had a a cover of uh, "Scattered" by uh, Green Day. Yeah, yeah. I uh, um, I'm the Green Day enthusiast in the band okay. for sure. Um, yeah. but that's the song that everyone in the band agreed is like that. That the uh, everyone else in the band like really really loved that song, and so I finally convinced them to, <laughs> to do nice. one. Yeah, but, but I've done with with other bands and stuff. I've done like full on like Green Day cover sets and uh, stuff around Orlando. And yeah, um, at the beginning of the pandemic, I I did a couple uh, acoustic live streams where I just co- I did one where I covered Insomniac front to back, and one where I did Nimrod front to back, and yeah. that was a lot of fun and a, and a nice way to help uh, ease some of that fucking weirdness in, right. in uh, April and May of 2020. Right. I'm gonna crack a beer if you don't mind. Crack it, crack it, brother. Figured to have a figured to have a drink with you. I've got a. This is a, from. You got a Taco Bell beverage. I've got a Diet Pepsi. So, yeah. nice. This what? is from a great brewery in Orlando called Sideward, and okay. uh, almost every time I've been in there, they've had Hot Snakes playing. But uh, they actually named this one after it. It's called Audit in Progress. Hell yeah! What's well, a, a, a okay. double India Pale Ale? So, Ooh. might be a little uh, might get a little wonky halfway through this. Hey man, do you you just uh, speak your truth? Whatever is weighing <laughs> weighing on Jordan's heart. Uh, but yeah, Nimrod. I, should, I, I would. Oh, sorry. sorry I interrupted go you twice about Nimrod. No. I would love to hear you talk about Nimrod. <laughs> no, you, uh, you go. I, I, I just wanted to, to uh, compliment you and say I've enjoyed this podcast and I've listened to a few episodes. I listened oh. to Christians and um, I heard Greg's from. Uh, I'm sorry. I heard Michael J. Wolf's. From, you might need to edit Lord. that out. Uh, yeah. From Wolfface is uh, recently and, and they're fantastic. And I saw you have a few other guests that I can't wait to check out. Like. Our, our our buddy Andrew from the Caffeine. Oh yeah, that was a fun one. Yeah, man. It seems like you and I are in like really similar circles. Yet I don't believe we've ever met. I don't think and so. I don't think our bands have ever played together, which is kind of crazy. Because I, I look so. back and like you've, you've played with like Evandal and, and all these other yeah. bands that we kind of um, do stuff with all the time. So yeah, it's pretty cool. It's very very nice to meet you. Nice this to <laughs> finally. Maybe we'll we'll have to we'll have to change that, fix that after the the pandemic. Uh, totally. Yeah, it's been fun. Okay, back to Nimrod. Yeah, Sorry. yeah. <laughs> uh, anyways, so Nimrod, that was like one of my, one of those albums as a kid that I got, and I was like, just listened to it to death, and just like, the cover was sick, with the you know, covering the, the 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 face of the, you know, the the school kids, and uh, was that was that album this like a similar thing for you where you just. Huge, huge, huge for me. Yeah, yeah. I, I did. I did get. Uh, I did get Dookie in like ninety four, Christmas ninety four. It's the first, the first CD I ever bought. Nice. My dad got me a, a, a the the Sony Walkman, a Discman for, right. excuse me, for Christmas, and uh, he he gave me Boys to Men two and Shaq Fu to return with it, which are great records. <laughs> uh, and then the next morning, I, I rode my bike to Best Buy, um, and I bought. I was like nine. Uh, or 10 or 10 and i bought uh dookie and stone temple pilots purple wow and um du- dookie's never left my side since um, what about boys to yeah I, shack Fu? <laughs> i i have recently gone back to the shack rap catalog because it just got uploaded to spotify this year wow. and it's fantastic <laughs> it's definitely like if you like like that 90s hip-hop like de la soul um yeah like tribe kind of like yeah. stuff. Like you'll love the Shack records. They're great. Oh, Nickens was his favorite rapper. So I, I think they're on some of the songs and stuff. Okay. They rocks. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, then insomniac. Um, well, man, if you want to talk green, we could just do this the whole time. Sure, <laughs> uh, insomniac actually, I've lived in central Florida pretty much my entire life. Yeah. Uh, out of the 36 years, I've spent two years somewhere else when I was, uh, in like 1995, I lived for like six months in Burlingame, California, which is right outside of San Francisco. Okay. And that's when Insomniac came out and I got that then. And that was the coolest thing in the world to me. Um, and then I moved back to, to Florida right around the time Nimrod came out mm. and then happened to see Green Day, I think within a couple weeks uh, uh, of the release of that for yeah. the first time. My dad took me, I was 14, 13 or 14, 13, I think. Yeah. And uh, um, it was Green Day and Super Drag at the embassy in, in Orlando. Mm hmm. And uh, uh, still club shows before they're playing arenas and stuff, even though they were big enough to. Right. They st- they, I think they avoided arenas in, for a while. Mm. Um, and yeah, that whole Nimrod era was definitely like so huge for me. And, you know, um, they definitely 
made me want to play music like that. And that's when I started like playing guitar and playing with people. Yeah. Right around then. What was, what was your first guitar? Uh, it's a, it was a Mexican, Mexican Fender Strat. It was red. I wanted it to be like Billy Joe's, blue, right. but I got like a very similar one, but, but red and covered it in stickers. And, uh, I still have it. I don't really use it anymore, but I still have it to this day. Uh, uh, I did, and just to show you the evolution, three years later, of course, I took it somewhere and modified it to the single uh, pump, uh, Invader Humbucker, so I could Hell I tom yeah. along my my Billy Joe guitar. Hell yeah! Um, but you know that's that's what happens when uh, you were born in 1984 and like punk rock, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I did. Uh, I had the Mark Hoppus bass for a while, so yeah, I get that. Um, <laughs> so. Uh, you've been in central Florida most of your life. Um, Florida's punk scene is great with, you know, obviously with like fest and so many great bands. Um, what, uh, I don't know. What is it about Florida? I guess that, that it produced Uh, so many good punk bands. I think Gainesville it probably came out of, I would assume, boredom and, yeah. and community and a nice combination of those two things. Because, yeah, you look back on the history of like the the Gainesville punk rock scene and um, my computer just I'm, I'm checking one thing. I want to make sure I'm recording this audio for you because That's my cool. computer just the screensaver went up. I want to make sure it's still running. Sorry. Okay. That's all good. Uh, <laughs> and we're back. Uh, uh, Gainesville, I, I think it was a mix of probably boredom and just like a cool community of people. Um, yeah, looking back on it, it's, it's, I think it's, you know, just as cool as like the East Bay scene and all that. When you look back at like what these bands are doing in the early nineties, it probably was the East coast version of Berkeley, like in my head. Yeah. Um, like less than Jake Hotwater and radon and, um, just like, a, there's just a gazillion cooler, smaller bands that a lot of them still do stuff. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, Florida in general has had a lot of really cool bands. Quit is really cool um, from Miami. Like, I'm just thinking about early 90s stuff. And I don't know. Yeah, it was for me getting back into music. Like, I the, the band I played in in like high school and um, a little bit after that was called Rory. And it was way more in like the like mainstream wannabe, like on Warp Tour mm. world kind of a band. Um, right. And we, we, we took that full steam for a few years and we did a lot of touring and, and made a couple of records and it was, it was so awesome and so much fun. But when it ended, I kind of just stopped playing music for like three years. I didn't really do anything. Yeah. Um, and then I went to fest six and that changed my life. And, <laughs> and I was like, I was like, what the, I, this is what I need to be doing. Right. This is my favorite kind of music. These people are amazing. It like going there was just such a beautiful experience. Yeah. Like, like walking around and people, just passing their flask to you and, and uh, being like, Hey, you should go check out this band. And just walking into random rooms and seeing the copyrights for the first time who I'd never heard of. Mm-hmm. And just like being blown away um, and seeing the Ergs and Lemuria. And, and just um, that, that was, that was like my, my musical rebirth. Ooh. It was fest six. And, and, um, and yeah, I would say all the cool things I've done since then was because I decided to go to that place that weekend. Wow. Yeah. Fest is a, is definitely a different experience. Um, for, for anyone who hasn't been, uh, there's no other festival like it <clears throat> for sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's definitely, it's crazy that it's like, it seems like it's such a big thing, but it's really so small. Like they right. max out at like 3000 tickets a year. Yeah. Um, even though there's, there's like over 4,000 people there because maybe 4,500 people because between bands and volunteers, that takes up like a third of their attendance. Right. Yeah. But it's like such a communal thing. Like I've been to South by Southwest and and it's like fifty times that size. Yeah. But it's it's almost like Fest is like the like the mini microcosm uh in a specific kind of world of like a South by Southwest. And yeah. not saying like every band sounds the same, because there are a billion different uh sounding uh acts that, that play Fest. But right. I think everybody there is kind of in the same headspace of of why they're there and why they, they do what they do and why they, they do music at all. Right. Mm. Yeah, and there's no. I can't back fest enough. I love it. It's, <laughs> no. it's such a great thing. All right, yeah. Uh, 
and there's no weird promotional stuff like weird uh i don't know like live nation presents you know fest and there's like the miller light stage and no their their sponsorships like um i i work with smart punk records and you know we've been a sponsor for years and the sponsorships are just yeah really minimal just like nice and, and also like super affordable and really cool like and they treat the sponsors really well and the sponsors don't like intrude on really anything like right obviously the biggest sponsor is pbr right you yeah, know yeah. And, like it says pbr everywhere but like i don't i'd like I, yeah i don't think i don't think they they would bring anybody in that they they would think would make people feel like uncomfortable like everybody's just kind of friends and like and then we hang out with all those people like the pbr right. people like are actually huge fans of the bands that play fest and they're in the crowd at every show and they're right. Drinking just as much, if not more, than everyone else. Right. Yeah. Yeah. The the fests I've been to have definitely been a um a a drinking uh, experiment of how much PBR I can consume in 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 the weekend. Yeah. Yeah. Um, The PBR to bowel movement ratio is something you got to keep track of. (laughs) Yeah, man. So working with Smart Punk, uh, how long have you, have you been working with them? Um, well, that's kind of it's it's kind of interesting. Like, it's not the same Smart Punk that existed like in the Warped Tour days back then, like okay. uh, fifteen years ago or whatever. Basically, um, the company that I was working for and have still been working for for the last like eleven years. Um, basically acquired just the name smart punk in in their logo or whatever uh, in exchange for paying off all their debts because they were not paying their bands. They were just um, from what I hear from hearsay is they were, they were spending all their money on like that warp tour stage. Uh, Um, And they, they accrued a lot of debt or a lot of people money. And I think like we acquired it in exchange for just being like, give us the rights to everything. We'll pay off all your debts. And they're like, cool. (laughs) That's how I've heard it. Uh, But then sat like, like sat on it for like five years or more. And um, Grant, who we we would uh, we would call the head honcho of Smart Punk, um, he uh, knew how ingrained in, in that world I was, um, and was was you know um, into like let's let's finally do this. What are we sitting on our asses for? Let's do it. So he and I kind of like got got it jump started, and we put out um, a reissue of a, a, the first Game Face record, which hadn't been on vinyl in like twenty years or something. Yeah, and started putting out some friends bands and he fronts a band called suck brick kid that's awesome oh right and we put out like the, we put out the teenagers records um and then and then we just kind of let it keep growing and ended up doing the entire like vinyl distro thing that um now has thousands of titles yeah. um we're gonna put out um as of this year by the end of this year we'll put out over 50 releases nice. uh, in the last four or five years and uh, we have a physical brick and mortar record store up by UCF in Orlando now too. Mm. Um, so it's been great. And, and I think this year has been the best year ever. And I attribute a lot of that to Matt Burns. He is, um, he's the guy who's been handling most of the day to day for smart punk record label. Yeah. And he's brought in like so many cool bands. Um, and man, like uh, there's some stuff that's not announced yet for later this year that I'm just so excited for. Like the next five records we're putting out are like so high quality, like musically and production wise. And, um, yeah, the, the, the last half of, of 2021, um, I think it's going to be the best, the best five records we've ever put out. So I am just so, so excited about that. Hell yeah. Um, have, have you ever gotten a band send you a record and the production wasn't like where you guys wanted it to be? And you're like, we'll put it out, but you got to re-record. You don't have to say, you don't have to name names or anything. Uh, I'll say, and it's a guest you've had, uh, oh, okay. the, the, the talking off record, which I fucking love. It's really, really good. Yeah. But it just, it didn't sound very good. And I was like, these songs are great. But right. the um, the recording is just like, I'm just like, it could be so much better. And they they totally saw eye to eye with me on that. And I was I was so, I was very, very blunt with them about it. And they were very, very cool to be like, to, 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 to kind of, like being understand, I guess, and, and agreed. I think at the end of the day, you know, we took it back and um, Ian, who works out of uh, the Smart Punk studio, there's a little studio in the warehouse um, uh, that is, is, he's done awesome work there. Um, yeah. Ian is now, I believe, playing bass in Suck Brick Kid, cool dude. Um, he remixed the record 
and remastered it and took it to just a different level and it just sounds like night and day like like a different record wow. and that's the one that you hear and um not abyss not the ep they just put out but the full length they put out last year oh, that's okay. what i'm talking about and um, i love it i've listened to that record a billion times it's so much fun and and i'm so glad we did that because um it, it just brightened the whole thing it was like it was a really dull sounding recording but we didn't have to re-record anything it was literally just just getting like a good solid mix mm. um playing with the eqs a little bit yeah but, uh, it was great, and and that band's cool, and those those are some oh. awesome people. Yeah, yeah, Christian and, and Holly are are, are uh, solid. I'm I'm I don't, I've never met their bases before, but I'm imagine he's solid too. Uh, are you like a uh, a recording? Do you know a lot about like recording? Me, no, I'm terrible at it. I'm trying to like get get good at demoing and stuff like I've, I've recently got uh uh built a room in my house that is like the music like practice room yeah and uh what i'm working on now is getting like a like a, a 16 channel input board where i can have uh everything mic'd up so I'll, I'll, there's a drum set always set up in there there's two guitar amps the bass amp always set up and like four mics so anytime anyone wants to come over and jam we're ready to go like don't you if you, you want to bring your stuff fine but no need to right. which is great for like for teenagers who we live in like three different cities uh yeah. and um it makes it so much easy because like justin can fly down and kyle can drive up and not to bring a lot of equipment this idea is like i have a room that's plug in and play ready but my my next goal is to be able to have everything like mic'd so i can have like a 16 channel mix where i can just track practices and then go back and and be able to like edit down and when we're writing yeah. they'll be super helpful to um you know pick pieces and, and put stuff together. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I would say I'm, I'm proficient enough in like the demoing area yeah. of stuff, but I'm not like an engineer by any means. Um, my guru right now is, uh, uh, Jim, the drummer of virginity. He is just a wizard at that stuff. And, yeah. and he's the one who's kind of like, like teaching me how to like get this all set up and he's, he's helping me put it together. Uh, but yeah, we, he has the setup that I'm trying to do. He has set up in his basement of his house. And basically like when we have band practice, he just hits record it's so funny it's like we'll listen back on practice and i'll be like this sounds like better quality than some bands uh are putting out like their actual releases for yeah. and this is just like our rehearsal playbacks right um, so I, I know i'm not gonna get my room that good but uh it it's an it's a, a goal to get it like if i can get it a third as good as he has it i'll be very very happy right yeah i think it's tough for a band to figure out like how to record an album and like what's important, what's the most important part? Is it spending a crazy amount of money to go to a, a, a studio or is it, should you just be spending more money on mixing and mastering? You know, that's a, it's a yeah. tough, tough balance, I guess. But I guess that, that just comes with the, with experience, you know? Yeah. yeah. And, uh, you know, and I, I do think every band has their, their guy now that seems to be the one that's like taking on the initiative to be the one that's getting good at engineering and figuring out how to record. Yeah. And, um, uh, you know, virginity has recorded everything so far ourselves. Uh, we, the new record that we were going to have coming out later this year, um, uh, we, we had mixed by someone else, but everything we've done, we've tracked, um, at Jim's house and, it's uh, you know he 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 basically can make it sound like a real recording studio in his house and i, I feel like most bands are, are kind of doing that thing like I, I you know i see i see a lot of really high quality stuff coming out of bedrooms these yeah. days yeah but um the um the decks taking meds record like they went and recorded with kurt Ballard and it's it shows it really it, yeah. it's incredible like it's like oh yeah you you go you go track with with the pros and you get the pro stuff back it, yeah. it, it because it's more than just the engineering and, and the sure. producing and, and the equipment it's it's um the whole experience and there is something to say about going somewhere and being in a completely different mindset um than you would be at home mm -hmm. uh or, or just taking a week off from life and immersing yourself in the experience of that recording there's yeah. there's really kind of nothing like that but um we do kind of with these future machines we got, we have the ability to kind of do everything on too. So you're right. It is, it is like, what, what is the best thing to do? And I think the best thing to do is play around and do it different every time. Yeah. You know, don't get comfortable. Right. Mm. So, uh, 
you said there's new virginity record coming out. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's tracked, it's done. Um, it's mixed, it's mastered. We are, uh, I'm, I'm saying this stuff too early cause we're not announcing it for a little okay. while, yeah. but, um, but, uh, it's, it's coming out. It's, it's going to come out later this year. Uh, we're still working on a release date. Uh, we're going to have a new song out very, very soon. And um, we're also working on getting really good at playing the entire record live. Yeah. And we're going to do like a like a nicely shot uh, and recorded uh, live version of the entire album front to back. And I don't know if we're going to release it weekly or, or all at once or how we're going to do that. But yeah. after the record comes out, we're, we're going to have all this uh, extra content that, that we're currently trying to really hone in. That's cool. And um, our one of my best friends in the world, uh, Chris Fister, who plays guitar and Debt Neglector, mm-hmm. is playing live with us now, and he's going to be doing um, all those like, live videos and okay. all the shows coming up. And yeah, um, that's very exciting. He and I have, have been music buddies for so long, so it's really nice to um, get him in the mix. Yeah, that's cool. What, yeah, like um, listening through the virginity stuff, it, it reminded me a lot of like a Roswell kid, kind of. That's awesome. Yeah. Casey, um, the singer songwriter is definitely a, a huge Roswell kid fan. I also love Roswell kid. Yeah. Um, he, he's, he's definitely influenced with stuff from that world. Uh, yeah. so that's cool. He would love that compliment. Yeah. It's, a. Uh, um, yeah, I think so. That's, that's why I was, that was one of the bands that was just coming to, to my brain. Um, the, uh, that Roswell kid record with um Wendy's trash can on it. Yeah, the the one that was on side 1 right before side 1 imploded. Yeah. God, such a great record. So awesome. Yeah. Yeah, good stuff. Yeah. That that was an early um so another thing like Smart Punk's been trying to do is is do a lot of like exclusive releases and that was like one of the early ones that we did. And oh, really? we did like a, uh they gave us an exclusive variant of that and a couple hundred copies and we made we made a, an embroidered patch of the cover art. And that was kind of like we've done a lot of stuff since, and that was that was really um, one of the early ones that we were like, okay, this is what we can do with this, and we've had a lot of success with stuff like that. We we did uh, um, two less than Jake records last year, Ooh. and um, those were so that's so awesome. Like the, for me, that was like such a huge passion project because yeah. that was my that was, besides Green Day, that was my favorite band growing up. Oh, yeah. That was like that was like the big Florida band. Like that's the closest thing to a local band I had that was like, <laughs> right. And uh, um, so we did Anthem and BS for B-Sides and it came out so cool and we did a bunch of really cool um, bonus items with it and stuff. And yeah. that was rad. Yeah, it seems like uh, y'all at Smart Punk, you guys just don't want to put out you know, the albums. You want to do something special for them, right? Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's it's, you know, even though it's a record label, um, it's very vinyl focused. Yeah. Uh, and, and so the packaging and the artwork and everything is, is really important to it. Um, and that, that's another thing that came to me from my love of Less Than Jake and being really influenced by Vinny Fiorello, who, you know, he has paper and plastic now. And, and it's as much a um, record label as it is a toy company. And we don't go that far with it. But, um, you know, I, I think looking at the whole package is like I'm a huge record collector and I look at my records more than I play them, you know, right. You can't play all of them all the time. Right. But I, I love pulling out a jacket and looking at the liner notes and like feeling the cover and the different textures and, and like having like, Oh, it's so cool that I have this colorway and there's only a 149 other people that have this. Right. Like I'm such a dork about that stuff. <laughs> so we definitely pour all of that, like love and nerdiness into, into everything we do at smart punk. Yeah. It's, it shows, um, like the new, uh, talk me off EP those variants are, are crazy. The like so cool. Gray yeah. and black, I guess, white ish. Christian really pioneered the <laughs> look for that. I mean, he designed the, the cover and stuff. And yeah. I think we we threw out the ideas for the the um how we were gonna do like the, the different splatters and the milky clear and, and all that stuff and yeah. the split and all that. But it was definitely his vision um to do the ten inch and 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 everything be like like uh, monochromatic, black and white. Yeah, it 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 paid off. It, it looks really cool. Yeah, it's sick. Yeah, Christian is a great uh, designer. I've I've used him for a bunch of band stuff, and he made me a design oh, nice. for the. Uh, he made me a design for the podcast. I need to get printed up on some shirts, but um, 
Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. yeah um, Kyle McDougal, the drummer of Teenagers, um, his dog of, of 12 years just passed away a couple oh. weeks ago, and, and he took it pretty rough. And um, of course, of right. course he would. Um, and Christian drew a portrait of, of his dog, Judy, oh, and, nice. uh, uh, and put a, a Hot Water Music quote below it. And um, I'm sure he was crying like a baby when that showed up in the mail a couple <laughs> yeah. days ago. He, he just got it. But um, yeah, his, his art is fantastic. Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, I've had him. He did a couple of pet portraits for me as well. Yeah, it's great. Oh, man. So I didn't. Really- uh, oh, uh, I also wanted to apologize for being a, a, a little difficult with locking in the time for this. Uh, it's been kind of like a crazy few days. Yeah. Um, my my dog, my ex-wife and I share custody of our dog, Larry. <laughs> okay. And she had um, a, a, a teeth cleaning and if you know about dogs teeth cleaning dog, it's not like yeah. a normal thing it's like it ha- you do it like once or twice in their lifetimes right. they they sedate them they put them and they they it's like a couple hours like right. a big deal like her, Larry's breath has been fucking horrendous it was like we have to do it and we were expecting them to probably pull like a rotten tooth or two yeah and so we're like okay so we'll 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 trade off just taking care of her making sure like we we baby this this little girl right um they ended up taking out 18 teeth. Buddy. Yeah. That's a lot. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, oh, she looks like a real Florida girl now. Yeah, man. <laughs> so, so, uh, um, so, so yeah, so we're like, so it's, it, it, we spent about, you know, the last 48 hours, like really just being by her side at every second, making sure she's okay and comfortable. And she was, you know, so sad hearing her whimper uh, so much the first day. But uh, as of this morning, she seems like, really really get, like she's getting back to herself and, and getting back to normal again Damn. but <laughs> how many but uh that so so th- so i spent the last couple of days just uh watching movies and, and hanging out with my dog but <laughs> making sure she she feels good because uh, i can't imagine but she uh dogs have 42 teeth i was so about to say it's like yeah dogs have a lot of teeth but she her like her like down here these are gone and up yeah. here these are gone but she still has like her fangs yeah. and then a bunch of stuff in the back with not a lot of teeth on the top <laughs> she have to gum that food from now on maybe you can get her some uh some dog dentures or something i'm sure that's a thing yeah yeah i was like a set of those like vampire teeth yeah, man. or something some some dog veneers i'm sure i'm sure you can get <laughs> you know i didn't i didn't realize um how expansive smart punk was like i didn't realize you guys had a, a physical store and uh like you like you're saying you guys have like a warehouse and like recording studio was yeah it's it, it, we've took on a lot of projects um the the record store is awesome uh alex cooper who has been on the smart punk team for five plus years um really like um spearheaded that project and with Grant, Grant Grant's the the grand master of yeah. smart punk, and he throws stuff at people and and lets them run with it, um, and and Cooper like made this really kick ass record store. Um, I hope there's more of them someday, but this one's doing great. Um, and it's not just a punk rock record store; it's like a straight up, it's a record store, right? You know, um, if you're ever in Central Florida, I highly recommend visiting it. It's not like downtown Orlando; it's by UCF, but um it's really cool um and um yeah yeah the whole smart punk thing's just been a bunch of fun like we try to go uh and vend at as many events as possible which obviously we haven't done any in a year and a half but usually like five four or five uh festivals a year we we bring out all the inventory too and and sell stuff not just our records but we like bring out like retail records and stuff and we've done that at riot fest for four or five years and the fest and we did punk rock bowling last year and this year we're gonna we're locked in to do furnace fest if that's happening which everything's looking good so far um yeah Uh, um so those things are so much fun um getting the opportunity to just like go places and, and and sell records and it's kind of like a little vacation, but also very grueling work, but, yeah. uh, give your tent set up and, and you're slinging records and you look over there and like the flaming lips are playing and all right, this is cool. Yeah. That's cool. <laughs> it's such a, uh, Hmm. Whenever you first started to get into, uh, the, the selling of records business, um, has there been any, any weird businessy stuff that you didn't expect to happen that has happened 
Oh, so much. And I do everything in my power to stay the fuck out of it. I let other people do it. Like yeah. my, my, my main role is like, I'm like project manager okay. and, um, and, uh, just trying to like bring people in to do cool stuff. Or if I see a cool band or I recommend it. And, uh, I'm always the one who's like, uh, as soon as you're starting to talk contracts and stuff, I'm going to step aside and let you guys do that. I, I don't want any part of that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, and Luckily enough, in like our world of of punk rock, there's not too many douchebags, and so um, I can imagine, you know, everybody, you know, everybody could have a a day or something, you know, where they're sure, you know, they have a, a little freak out, but um, yeah, no, you're no, you're absolutely right. Like most people are um, in this whole world are very very cool and see eye to eye, and and um, um, yeah, it's, it's all, it's all pretty easy when it comes down to, um, just being like, you want to do this, we could do it this way, or we could do it this way, or we could do it this way. And, yeah. you know, um, I, it, what I always make sure everyone knows is everything is negotiable. Like just, if you have an idea, bring it up. Right. <laughs> <laughs> what's a, what's, what's an idea that, that you have uh, had that you're super proud of with like smart punk. That's a great question. Um, I don't know. I'm drawing a blank. I might come back to you with that. Okay. There's just so, it's so many little things. I mean, like, uh, you know, I, I honestly, the, the less than Jake project, that's like such a dream come true for me. And, and, um, and and also doing the the rehasher seven inches we've been doing and mm, yeah. and uh, um, there's another thing coming up but I don't think we've announced it yet but that'll be happening soon and then uh, actually you know what a huge one maybe maybe this is the coolest and this is the biggest pain in the ass in the world but it was the uh, Krista makes book uh, it's called Blast from the Past okay. so this is Chris from Lesson Jake and. You know, he he started doing this thing for um, a couple of years ago where every day he was posting a different photo. And he's like, I'm going to post a photo with a story for every day for a year. And, and um, in the middle of it, he was like, this would be kind of cool to turn into a book. And I immediately hit him up and was like, dude, if you want to do that, I'm 100 percent on board. Let's fucking do it. Yeah. And um, he was all about it. And and uh, um yeah, th- this was the product of it, and I none of us knew anything about making books, so it was it was like quite a challenge to um, edit it and and put it together and make it look really cool and get yeah. printed. But um, and it was probably the hardest thing we've ever done, but <laughs> but uh, uh, worth it, worth it. Yeah. And he's been so cool about um, like writing a bunch of songs for it too, and, and he's in the process of, of um, writing and recording. Um, uh, I think at the end of the day, we're going to do 12 songs. We're doing a seven inch every, every two or three months with two songs. And they're all songs that are kind of like stories that relate to the book. Yeah. Um, whether it be like, like a character that he plays or, or, you know, he has songs about his dad and he has songs uh, about friends that have died and, and songs about just like being a kid and, and trying to um, start out as a band. So it's all, it's all very personal for him. Yeah. Um, but what's really cool about this book is for years, he would always dress up like these, these fucking crazy characters. <laughs> and, um, a lot, a lot of this is documenting that, that period between like 1996 and, and maybe 2000 or something yeah. where he was never himself. He was always pretending he was a different person on stage and wearing yeah. crazy wigs. And he would just go to, um, thrift stores, uh, cause he was bored on tour and he would just buy the craziest shit and wear yeah. it on stage. Um, and he, he turned into these insane characters and that's what a lot of this book is about and, and a bunch of the songs he's writing. So the whole project, which is ongoing, we're in the middle of like a two year campaign for this. Um, I'd say that's, that's my favorite thing that I've ever found a way to, uh, help nurture into life. That's cool. Um, yeah, so, that, a lot of fun. so that book's out right now, you said? Yeah, it's out. Yeah. You nice. can go to, uh, Krista makes or smart punk. And this past week, we or maybe two weeks ago, we just released the second seven inch, which has two new songs, and then we did we we put it out on a four twenty. So we did a papers nice. pack and a and a, a 
a frisbee that's like tie-dye looking that has one of his insane characters on it nice uh, and it's actually like a we went high quality on it and got like a really nice frisbee like the ones that like the pros use and like yeah. the frisbee competitions yeah so i'm really excited about getting those in the mail in like four weeks <laughs> wow so yeah you guys will pretty much make any merch what's what's the well, yeah well so so Starpunk is is technically owned by akt which is a merchandising company um, that does a lot of stuff for bands um, and basically anyone. I mean, we're a warehouse that's a screen print shop and does merchandising, does, but also has been doing e-commerce mm-hmm. uh, and that kind of stuff for like 15 years and does everything from like small punk rock local bands yeah. uh, all the way to I did the Oprah tour last year. So um, we do like a little bit of everything, like any kind of tour you can imagine, like, like we make and, and do all the, like the tour merchandise and, and the e-commerce for. <laughs> That's funny. Did yeah. You, did you get to meet Oprah? I, I did. Yeah. I, 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 I spent some time on that tour and, and had a couple interactions with her and it was, Oops. it was crazy. Like, like, uh, like me and a couple of the people we work with were like backstage after the first, the first show. And it was all, the Oprah tour was all in arenas. It was a it was a nine it was a nine week tour nine dates it was it was every uh, it was like just Saturdays oh, we go yeah. from like Fort Lauderdale to Washington D.C. to Brooklyn to Denver like yeah. it was just all over but after the first show um, I was hanging out with my team backstage and we're just like kind of in a circle talking and all of a sudden like Oprah's just in our circle just being like thank you guys so much this is great we just had the best day it was so awesome and she like she looked me in the eyes and I can't like, I, I was like, Oh my God, like I don't, I don't get starstruck, Oprah's, but I just Oprah's like, pretty, I, pretty big. I yeah. felt like I met the Pope or something. <laughs> like it was like, it was different. Like it, I was like elated and she yeah. looked at me, she looked me in the eyes and she goes, she goes, Hey, we're all like feeding off your positive energy. This is, it's so great having you here. And I was, I was, I, I was like high for a week. Wow. It's pretty cool. Wow. So that's gotta be the, the biggest celebrity you've met through your work right uh yeah oh yeah sure i'm sure yeah (laughs) well most of the people that like i'm really excited to meet are like like dudes in my favorite punk rock right but like like when it comes to like meeting oprah that's that's um that's a little next level yeah Mm. did you guys exchange information do you or anything no no but but uh (laughs) but it was it was a great experience it was really fun and and uh I'm a big NBA basketball fan right. and every show is in an NBA arena. So we were like in like the golden state warriors locker room and like the, uh, Hawks locker room and stuff. And I was like, this is cool. I get to, cool. Get to like see the behind the scenes mm. of that stuff. Did you grab, grab anything from any of the locker rooms as a memento? No, I didn't steal anything. I, t- I took photos probably where I was supposed to take photos. Okay. So that's about it. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> mm. I was a good boy. Oh man, yeah, I probably would have been looking for a, a loose sneaker or something. I might have grabbed. <laughs> uh, what's the uh, what's the craziest uh, merch you've made for Smart Punk, or the most elaborate? Maybe I don't know. Um, Matt Burns um, spearheaded the Keep Flying um, record that came out earlier this year, and the merch stuff with that um, was so cool. Um, I can't remember the deep. I didn't. He was like a campfire mug, but it was there was like a whole camping set, of all kinds of stuff. Look it up if you can. If you're listening to this podcast, look at. I think it's all sold out by now, but it was really really cool stuff. I've been really stoked on doing like the um, the challenge coins because you can make those look so nice and um, really colorful and unique. So we did those with the Lesson Jake stuff. We did those keep flying. Okay. We're gonna, I think we're going to do more of them because they just come out so cool. So I love that stuff. Challenge coin? Uh, what do you mean? Yeah. Ho- hold on. I, um, you're going to disconnect from my nice microphone setting, but nice. I'm taking you to my challenge coins. And, uh, so yeah, these were like the ones that we did for Lesson Jake. So this is like B is for B-side and okay. the other side is Anthem. Okay. And they're super thick and like really nice. Like cool stuff uh that's so, pretty cool yeah what it, so it's an actual coin is it, is it made out of what's it made out of it's like metal metal it's like a metal coin yeah you can do different color back and it's like you can do gold or silver or whatever and Ooh. you know hmm. could you print up some like quarters 
<laughs> well, that we, that obviously we don't make. We have someone else makes that. That we we screen print T-shirts. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Um, well, yeah. Uh, we're we're coming in on forty-five minutes here. Uh, hmm. Yeah. Is, do you have any crazy like tour stories you would want to share? I don't even know where to start, man. What's or what's the worst uh uh rest like uh truck stop story you have? I don't Well, truck stop story? Nothing like super crazy. I think the like the most insane story was somewhere when teenagers was playing somewhere in Austria at a oh god I can't remember the city I'm sorry I'm I'm also the worst at remembering uh, where things happened and when they happened okay. my memory is total shit yeah but I think it was I think we were in Austria um, at some like anarchist squat that we played at <laughs> and we stayed the night like upstairs and um, those are some of the coolest shows we played so many they make you a big bowl of sludge vegan sludge yeah and uh, um, the shows are just like pretty bonkers and fun and the people are so cool but yeah i remember this one there was like a huge like protest um a few hours away um in germany and i just remember being woken up like we, we were sleeping upstairs and being woken up at like 4 a.m by like 300 people coming back from this like giant protest and that being just kind of insane and uh yeah anarchists wild Anarchists are crazy. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, I feel like we can wrap this rascal. Cool. Yeah. Um, cool. Do you have any, any last words uh, of encouragement or enlightenment that you would like to? Um, you know, maybe if y'all have heard it all before, but I feel like, uh, um, you know, keep hanging on. This this world is in a fucking crazy place. Don't disown your parents for being idiots and assholes. Like, yeah, whatever. Just everyone needs to get along. It's true. Um, and and uh, um, find common grounds on good things. Like, not everybody has to have all the exact same beliefs and shit. It's true. You know, like uh, and and uh, um things are trying to get back to normal and it feels great. It feels so great, but keep, keep a fucking mask on you. Like you don't have to wear it all the time, but I got, I got the one with the dangly thing and out of respect, it's always around my neck whenever I'm out, out, whenever I'm outside the front door. So yeah. if any, you know, I'm, I've had my second shot for uh, about a month now, but if I'm around anyone and I, I know they're uncomfortable, I want to make sure they're comfortable. Mm. So I, uh, keep your mask on you. Come on. Just, just to add a right. courtesy uh, of, of other human beings. Um, what else? I don't know. Stay positive. Like it, you know, as bad as things are, they could be so much worse. Oh, that's and, true. and, and, um, and I'm so excited about being able to go out and play shows and go to shows and do things again. Right. And, and, uh, I think if everybody's cool and respectful, it's going to be fucking awesome. You right. know, yeah. be, be, be comfortable with what you're comfortable with, be uncomfortable with what you're uncomfortable with and just like, just go with it. Yeah. Mm. That's good. Is that good? Oh yeah, that's great. That's probably <laughs> the best one anybody's anyone's given. Uh, yeah. Did you get the Pfizer or Moderna? I was Moderna. Mm, I got the Pfizer. Yeah. Um, Pfizer game. I also bought my, my bought like a hundred two hundred dollars in Moderna stock before, so I was like, I've made twenty five bucks on it. Hell yeah! Wow, man. <laughs> Real wheeling and dealing over there. Oh, man. Moderna's treating me well. I brought uh, I bought some Dogecoin. I bought like twenty dollars of Dogecoin. So yeah. How how's that at right now? I don't know. Let me see. I I had a friend and and um so I have some friends and um we do the nerdiest thing ever and we started doing it at the beginning of the pandemic and yeah. we do brackets of our favorite bands. So they're set up like March Madness. Where it's, okay. You, you, it's like sixty four songs of one artist and then we each do our own individual bracket and then we do a Zoom call where we, we vote uh, on a master list of it and anywhere from like five to 15 people show up to these. Um, but our last one we did was the Pixies. And while we were doing it, my buddy, um, Sean Rice had just bought his Dogecoin and 
when we started it, he was like up $40. Yeah. And when it ended, he was like down $30. Yeah. And the next morning, he was up two hundred dollars on Dogecoin. It's current. Currently, <laughs> currently, we're sitting at thirty-eight cents a Dogecoin. So that's that's very high, right? Yeah, that, that's the but highest. So I've he's seen probably it. up a couple. He's probably up like a few hundred dollars. Yeah, man. I, it was too confusing for me. I couldn't buy into it. Like, I bought a little bit of Bitcoin and yeah. Ethereum, but it like, I'm just, like, you know, I'm like, I put a couple hundred bucks in each. And I'm like, I'll let it sit, and it, it, maybe. You'll make a billion bucks off of one day, but if not, whatever. Yeah, it's it's too much. I I don't know enough about the stock world, and I don't really care to learn. You know, so I'm just like, meh. It's something. My cool one thing with it is find some things that seem safe that you like that you're like cool with. You respect their practices. Like I, I've I've invested a little bit into like solar energy stuff and and uh, clean power and stuff like that. Yeah. And like and then just and like my thing is like I just like fucking forget it. Yeah. Like, like I'm, I'm like, this is going to be like either my retirement money or I won't have it. Like I, I don't, I don't use money I would ever need. I do that with like, if I have a little extra, I'm like, I'm going to invest it and then I'm just going to let it go. I'm going to yeah. let it sit. And hopefully someday I'll have like a nice retirement from it. Yeah. If I, lo- if I lose it, I'm li- it's literally gambling. It's no different than right. going to Vegas. For sure. It's the same shit. Yeah. Like, and the more you see the shit and the more you see like dogecoin and nfts and all this shit and how much money they're worth the more i'm like oh money is fake this is bullshit none of this is real right whatever it's true yeah <laughs> uh nfts you don't understand that shit either it's like it's so crazy what is it yeah mike's doing nfts now yeah i saw that you see that yeah he's he, he's doing nfts and he's sending like demos of like old songs and well, stuff yeah. and as nfts <laughs> it's wild mm. wow this, this, this is now turned into a financial podcast. Uh, <laughs> well, I, I would need another beer if we were going to keep going down that road. Yeah. Uh, Jordan, uh, stay on, but um, you had options, but you decided to talk to me, and I thank you. Thanks for having me. It's a lot of fun. Oh, yeah.